On this episode, Andrew ruins our lives with American Ninja Warrior. And we're gonna hit the buzzer <laughs> on friendship. <laughs> I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. With us today is this very special guest host. Aren't they all? They're all special. They are, but this one is more special than usual. True story. Not as special as last week, though. Damn it. <laughs> He's somewhere on the, in the middle level of specialness of guests. <laughs> With us in the studio, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Favaloro. Hi, longtime listener, first time caller. Oh, are we doing a call-in show or a live show thing? I don't know. Like since since episode two, I've been waiting to drop that joke, so I'm uh, just glad I finally had the chance. I'm sorry, we split we split the bit. <laughs> you never split the bit. Don't split the bit. Commit to the commit bit. to the bit. Right, my bad. Commit to the bit. Don't split the bit. Kelsey. Yes. What are we here to talk about with Andrew? We are here to talk about the TV program. <laughs> yes. American Ninja Warrior. Emmy nominated TV program. I've learned recently that it's not that hard to get nominated for an Emmy, apparently. <laughs> I've learned very recently that, in fact, American Ninja Warrior was nominated for an Emmy. Like, two seconds ago? That's that's the hard-hitting <laughs> news you get on this podcast, folks. American Ninja Warrior yes. is a game show slash sports competition show. Slash reality show. Slash reality show, almost. And it's, it's casting. It is a reality true. show. <laughs> uh, it originally began airing in its current form on G4, mm-hmm. a beloved channel that we all have <laughs> fond memories of, I'm sure. Uh, it began airing in 2009 before uh, G4 died a slow, painful, much, much too late death mm-hmm. in 2013. And G4, and, uh, and sorry, and American Ninja Warrior moved to NBC, That's an, right. a real channel. A network. Big jump for American Ninja Warrior, though. Yeah. Um, but actually, from 2006 to 2009, American Ninja Warrior aired as a show called American Ninja Challenge, also oh, on G4, which was more about... It was, basically, it was basically an extended qualifying round where people were competing for the chance to be sent to Japan to play on the original version of Ninja Warrior, which is called Sasuke. Sasuke. There's a U in the middle, but it's not pronounced Sasuki. No, I had to look it up. Reason. I had to look it up. I had to watch a YouTube video where some British man compiled his top 10 Sasuke runs to find the pronunciation. Anyway. That was what that was earlier? That, that's what that was, okay. yeah. I just want to pronounce it. I don't know much about Sasuke. I know it's been airing since 1997. I know they do like one a year, and it's like three hours long. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to make sure I said the name right at least. Right. What we're here to talk about <laughs> is a show called American Ninja Warrior. That's right. Because if the Japanese are going to do something, you know. We got to co-op that the, shit. We got to jump on that. The Americans are going to do it, and it's definitely going to be different. Well, normally we would ask how, how you found American Ninja Warrior. So how, how did you find American Ninja Warrior? <laughs> uh, I'm glad you asked, Kelsey <laughs> Goldman. So I, uh, I'm a high school teacher, and the week after um, my first year of teaching ended, uh, I distinctly remember I saw Jason and Sarah do some karaoke, but I was very drunk. And I spent a week about just lying around in bed watching whatever I could find on NBC.com. Uh, and at this time, I found a new sitcom I was excited about called Undateable. Uh, not great. Who watches shit on NBC.com, first of all? I think, I don't know why, but that's, like, every show I watched in this time period was on NBC, so I don't think I was watching Hulu, but maybe it was. I'm not sure. Anyway. It was 2014. It was a different time, you know? He was right. watching Undateable, though. We all did things we're not <laughs> right. proud of. A better time. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> uh, but so I was just watching all this stuff, looking for something to get interested in. And um, I think somebody on Facebook had posted a clip of Casey Cottonzara doing this course. And I was like, oh, that looks like a fun show. Uh, and the first episode I watched was um, the Venice Beach City Finals with Kevin Bull taking on Cannonball Alley and my favorite moment of the show of all time. 
Uh, and ever since then, I was completely hooked. I got my wife into it. I have tried very unsuccessfully to get everyone I've ever met into it. And so far, I've only gotten my wife into it. Um, <laughs> she loves you. She, she does. Thank God. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see until the end of this episode if you may have gotten one or even two, two. more people into the pod, into the show. <laughs> it's not a podcast. Where's uh, the American Enjoy a podcast? So like? it is. Also, it you- exists. I've okay. listened to it. It's not great. I assume it's just the hosts. Uh, it's just their audio isolated with no other sounds. <laughs> That'd played. be good, though. <laughs> that would That's be That's like historic. an art piece. <laughs> what, Andrew, what are the hosts' names? Uh, the hosts' names are Matt Eisman and Akbar Gajabiamila. They have quite a bit of enthusiasm, would you not say? I would definitely say. I uh, love them for it. They, they, what I like about them is that they were able to find joy in even the smallest of things, <laughs> uh, as evidenced by the fact that Three or four times an episode, they declare that this is a historic moment in American Ninja Warrior. They always say it like that, too. I know. I've been practicing for the last five years. For people who don't know, I guess, what is American Ninja Warrior exactly? Great. Uh, So, on the face of it, American Ninja Warrior is an obstacle course competition show. Um they they start off with a qualifying round of six obstacles that end in the 14 and a half foot warped wall. It's literally just a wall that's really tall. It's got a little bit of a curvature and you just have to run up it. And if you can get on top of it, you've completed the course. Congratulations. We're all very proud of you. Um, so they do a couple of qualifying courses like that. And then they move on to city finals courses with the same competitors uh, where it's the same course with a couple of additional uh obstacles that i think are best described as physically impossible <laughs> they're usually i feel like the city finals additional obstacles are almost always um like arm strength obstacles Definitely. there's a lot of hanging that happens I, whereas the first like qualifying set there's usually like an equal amount of like grip and arm strength and like balance right stuff yeah uh the speed obstacles that always show up are, are very strange there's like uh things where if you stay on a beam for too long it'll start to rotate and yeah. i don't know i think those are really cool but yeah the the back half of the course as it's called by uh the host matt and akbar matt and akbar uh the back half is almost extensively upper body to the point that they don't even like really let you rest like when you go from one obstacle to another you're pretty much hanging by your arms and like you can't give your arms a rest between obstacles for the most part so if you make it through city finals you go to Vegas. Uh, you go to Vegas. That's right. They take, I think, um, well, they take a certain number of people from each fo- or finals course into Vegas, where there is the absolutely legendary Mount Midoriyama that everyone, of course, already knows about. Sure, uh, yeah. Mount- one, one, one of the eight <laughs> wonders of the world. Uh, at this point, it's got to be like number 16 or 17. That's still pretty good. That's true. And we're talking about the world. Uh, so Mount Midoriyama is yet another obstacle course. Um, <laughs> but it's so much more than that. It's a national symbol of hope. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but it is also an obstacle course. <laughs> and it's a focal point of intense psychic energy. That's right. But it is also an obstacle, an obstacle course. course. Um, Where there's three stages. Four stages. Four stages. No one ever gets people. to stage four. One time, two people got to stage four, but it's ever? stage four is stupid. Ever. Yeah, one time ever. One time ever, two you people. You don't win unless you finish it, so no right. one ever wins. So really, it's a pretty cost-effective thing for them. The right. show's been on for, what, nine, nine seasons now? Nine years? and One time, someone won. Someone's right. won once? That's yeah. right. Isaac Caldiero. And then he seems to have gotten into a fight with NBC, so they don't like to talk about him anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> or it could just be that he ascended to the next plane of reality. Good point. Because I assume if you reach that sort of physical perfection it would be like that have you seen the animatrix no thank god oh well scrap that entire okay. comparison and just forget i said it so, gotcha. so basically so, it's, a, it's a uh it's a single elimination course at this point if you fall on any of the obstacles you're removed from the competition uh and so it very quickly whittles down from 150 competitors or so down to maybe 40 at stage two uh very few people ever finish stage two i think the most i've ever seen is five uh then stage three is almost entirely grip strength obstacles that are just impossible. Most years someone fails there. If you can finish all stage or all the first three stages, stage four is just a really, really long rope climb. I think yeah. it's like a hundred feet. You have to do it in under a minute or something. 
and whoever can complete stage four the fastest wins one million dollars, which has only happened once. I would think that you just had to finish it because you have to do stages two, three, and four all in the same session. Perhaps. I'm not exactly sure how they They definitely this. had to do stages two and three in like the same session. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like that. I just, it, I'm not unconvinced that there's more time between the sessions than it seems, but it, it's hard for me to say. Just as a anyway. I just want to jump back in here. So yeah. The Animatrix <laughs> is an anthology <laughs> film. It's a collection of short animated films. Uh, it was released between the first and second Matrix movies. All these films are set within the world of The Matrix. There's one... I don't remember the name of it, but it's about a runner, like the world's most incredibly talented runner, and he's in a competition of some sort, and he has reached such a level of, of physical perfection that, and like he reaches such an intense speed during this run that he briefly awakens from the machine, computer-generated false reality of the Matrix and sees what his actual life is in the real world. Anyway. On this episode of Ruin My Life, Jason <laughs> ruins mine and Kelsey's life with the Animatrix. <laughs> but not watching it, just me talking about it. So There's another one where these two ninjas are fighting. Hey, pretty, that's at least on, on topic. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, okay, so I just, now that Evan is really hard obstacle course, basically. Right. Uh, I have questions. Go, please. <laughs> I might have answers. What are the rules? <laughs> okay. Because, like, I don't understand what it when stuff is allowed and when stuff isn't. Because, like, sometimes they're like, I'm looking at an object, and I was like, well, why would you do it that way? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to do it that way? And then someone will do something else, and they'll be like, oh, he totally, like, did the thing. And it's like, why didn't no one else do the thing? Because, you know, when there's parts when you, it's like a lot of grip strength, but it's like, mm-hmm. why don't people just, like, monkey it and, like, mm-hmm. use their legs, too? So, uh, <laughs> this, I... It sounds like this is a great time for me to talk about Kevin Bull and Cannonball Alley, and I'm so glad I get to do this so early in the episode. Uh, the moment that pulled me into the show, uh, it was an af- obstacle called Cannonball Alley, and it's basically three suspended red rubber balls or something. And the first one's maybe the size of a baseball, so you can grip it with one hand pretty easily and swing to the second one, which is a little bit larger, uh, maybe like the size of a uh, dodgeball or something. Uh, but it's not quite big enough that you can grip it with one hand. And so um, all these competitors are getting to this obstacle and they swing to the second one. They have two hands on it. And then the third ball is even larger than that. It's like the size of a beach ball or something. And so everyone's really struggling with how to... Get from one to the other. Right, because they... Transition, they have to work. Yes, they have to use two hands on the they first just, one. They use that a lot in they do. the commentary. The, the transitions <laughs> are very important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so everybody is, is messing up this transition. Uh, they can't have the two hands on the second ball and throw themselves off it and catch the third one well enough. So uh, person after person after person fails on this obstacle. They're like, oh my God, no one's going to finish this course until this rookie named Kevin Bull shows up. And he's got two hands on the second ball and he realizes that he can get his legs up high enough and wraps them around the third ball. <laughs> Let's go with the second ball and is hanging upside down and basically does a backflip to dismount from the thing. What I think is amazing about this whole thing is that a few runs later, like a really veteran ninja named kevin or david campbell shows up and he just does it like a boss he like takes the thing with two hands swings takes the thing with three or two (laughs) hand on the third one and it's just like no big deal to him and it's like oh that's how you're supposed to do it but everyone was really struggling with it and so kevin's like yeah i'll just put my feet on it that sounds fine so to my question Mm -hmm. are there rules so there (laughs) are occasionally rules um and i think what happens is they do their best, like the producers of the show, do the best to see loopholes like that and say that is unallowed before everyone gets started. So I like to imagine that Kevin Vole is like, so we can just do anything to get from the second ball to the third ball, right? Like he had his plan in his mind, but he didn't want to tell them what his plan was because he knew they would disallow it. But yeah, there are other times where the announcers will specifically say, oh, you know, in this part, you have to use your arms. You can't use your feet on the thing or but that like that's still what he did is still super hard right like you still have to have a lot of strength and, and agility to do that and land a backflip yeah <laughs> it's not like he just like got off the course and walked around it because well, like i kept thinking <laughs> which with... is always a strategy it's always a strategy you know that's a bold move i kept thinking with the one that's like the thing the battering ram i think where they have yeah. to like scooch on the 
increasingly large right. tube things. Yeah, they look like, like pool noodles. Yeah. And you have to like scooch them down a metal pole. I just kept thinking, why would she just grab the metal pole <laughs> and oh. go across there? So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's an example of a thing that is explicitly disallowed. Okay, so there are rules, <laughs> we just don't know what they are. Right. Okay. I, I think the they actually, at the beginning of every episode, describe what the obstacle is. And I think the rules are kind of built into it. So okay. for that one... What you're supposed it's to. It's like you have to move this thing right. down, 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 down the, thing, the, yeah. the line. Yeah. You can't just get on top of it and walk down it, right. I guess. I mean, while we're on the subject, also disallowed is like showing up with a Batman style, um, <laughs> like batarang and just kind of swing from obstacle <laughs> to obstacle. <laughs> like that's just not... Also disallowed is showing up in a bulldozer and tearing the whole... <laughs> You know, Tower of Babel down. You know, you would think so, but a few years ago, somebody ran a course in one of those inflatable T-Rex costumes, so I don't think that uh, disallowed showing up in what you want. I, I think you can actually show up in whatever to, you to like. To that point, I just don't understand some of these people's, I don't want to say costume choices, <laughs> but... Um, Themes? No, like, doing this in jeans seems like the mm-hmm. hardest thing mm-hmm. ever. Why the fuck would you do that? Well, it's, it's more like taking what is basically the hardest thing ever, like the hardest physical challenge, the most extreme test of human endurance and agility you can take, and doing that in jeans. <laughs> like, it's it's so hard. Why would you... Have you it's, it's like putting a hat on a hat. Yeah, and it's like, it's really really thinking you're going to do well because if you fall, you fall in water and then your jeans are fucking wet oh, and that's no. the worst. That's, Did you bring a second pair? I hope so. Uh, that's even if thing. you you still have to get out of the wet jeans. That's not fun. <laughs> that's the other thing I have with like Drew Dreschel who listens to music and has got like an iPod Nano. Does he have a sponsorship that just buys him iPod Nanos for everyone he ruins by falling in the water with one on his headband? I sure hope so. <laughs> I didn't think about that when he get, does that one really good run. He's got his headphones in. His teammates throw him into the water afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't even know where to start answering questions now. Okay, let's let's break down another element of the show. I just had a lot of questions. I'm sorry. And we're going to get into what I think is the most problematic issue in the show. Okay. Which is the pre-run clip packages, Mm -hmm. the backstories. Right. Because not every time, but most of the time before someone does a run, like... They, there is occasionally during the show they'll do like a few like quick like and while you were gone we did all these runs you didn't mm-hmm. get to see and it's like really quick clips usually if a full run is being shown there is before it an extensive like three or four minute long like mu- package package mm-hmm. explaining this person's like journey to the uh, to the game right. and you know, like what they're running for and what inspires them to go and there's and, usually someone dead in it and usually someone's dead Mm-mm. And a lot of times there's or a sick. dead there's a dead kid. Right. Like the you, the episodes like the full episodes you asked us to watch, each one had a separate dead kid backstory mm-hmm. in them. Uh, the first one really caught me off guard because I <laughs> I wasn't expecting like I've seen warnings, Andrew. I've seen I've seen the Olympics. You know I know that like people you know companies or you know producers whoever will build up the drama of a, of a game with these sort of backstories. I'm not used to seeing one. In which a child is dead, mm-hmm. and a woman gives like a two-minute monologue about her dead child and what that means to her, and how she's here for him, running in his honor. And there is, after that ends, there's nothing you could show me that would make that worth it. Certainly not an episode of American Ninja Warrior, and certainly not a run where she fails on the second obstacle. Right. <laughs> That's sort of the thing. Is like another difference between this and like a sporting com- competitive, competition. a sporting, a sporting competition. Yes. The gentleman's game, <laughs> as we call sports. There's no redemption. There's no redemption, and there's no. If you lose, you're not like you didn't go down against like a, um, you know, a tough enemy. Like it's, there's no, there's no nobility in losing. You just failed. Yeah. You, uh, it's, it's just, just you failed. against. I guess the, the, the designers in a way, but really in the, in, the, in, the, in the drama of the moment, it's you. It's ag- you against physics. It's you against your will. Yeah, so if you fail, you, you fail. You failed yourself on every conceivable level. Exactly, and what is more dramatic than that, Jason Edwards? What is more it's, it's, dramatic? It's very dramatic, but it feels bad when a woman with a dead kid like is like crying and trying to explain why. Like the woman in the first episode you showed us, like is clearly upset she didn't do better and feels guilty, and that's a horrible thing to like, watch. It might have been person. okay if she had finished the course, right. or or even done well. Yeah, but she didn't do well. No, the the backstories I think partially come from the fact that, like Kelsey said, this is mostly a reality program. Um, there is a casting process. You have to submit a 
an audition video? Oh, yes. Oh. We looked into it. Oh. <laughs> We've seen the guidelines. Do you guys know when where the next auditions are happening? Because I... Never mind. Anyway. Um, so... You have to you have to prepare your own video, and I think part of it is the producer saying, "Well, we only have so many slots for people to run this time. Like, which are the best stories for us to be producing uh, for the show?" So I think part of it is kind of like predetermined. There's not a lot of options for them saying, "Well, you know, this person did really well, and they're like they they have to make the decisions before the runs happen." Yeah, and it's but it's also it's. It, it's that that makes it feel less like a sporting competition because when you have like when you're watching the Olympics and there's a, an inspiring story like this person is still the best of the best at their thing right some of these people are not good at the thing well they're not bad at the thing I mean they've gotten to this point yeah. but they're not like you're just being an Olympic athlete is an honor itself it's like if you are if you are good at the thing you have to wait in a line for 25 days right just to prove that you're good at it also if in the Olympics, <laughs> When someone fails, they don't fail immediately. <laughs> like a full game, for the most part, still takes place. Or like if a competition fails, has right. to finish yes. when you know where you placed. Yes. And... If someone <laughs> fails Ninja Warrior, it just ends very suddenly. So uh, I actually In do, the most embarrassing manner possible. I do disagree with that just because the qualifying rounds are set up in a way that um, they take the top 25 finishers or whatever it 30. is. 30. And two women. No, five women in qualifying. Five women. Um, so... You know, they actually do create quite a bit of drama around, like, who is in slot number 30 by the end of the night. Because, like, if those last couple runners can do better than that, and they almost always do, uh, then that person is out. But, like, there's a chance that they'll be moving on to the next round and have that shot for redemption that you're talking about. That's a good point. My counterpoint is in the other episode you have us watch, there's another dead kid story. <laughs> and the uh, hosts explicitly compare it to oh. the plot. <laughs> Of NBC's hit drama, This Is Us. Oh, yeah. Like, I about multiple that one. times they compare it to This Is Us. And it feels like they're using this woman's dead kid to promote NBC's hit drama, This Is Us. They definitely are. I, yeah. That, 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 that's when I wrote it, down in my notes, like, this no. show is the devil. <laughs> I was unaware that I was supposed to come in on the defensive here. <laughs> no, that is inexcusable. Um, <laughs> Thank you. To, to be fair, I mostly zone out during these packages. I'm usually washing dishes and or something. You, and to be clear, you you don't. You, I I don't need you to answer for the sins of this show because I, I this is like the one thing about it I don't like. Ah. Uh-huh. Because if we want to pivot back into a more positive direction, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Successful yeah. life earning. Well, let's wait for the end. <laughs> We're trying to build suspense here. It's a, it's a podcast. Oh, right, right, right. Like I understand that it does need to be somewhat cast to you know have a compelling element. Mm-hmm. But it feels really unfair to the people who have like trained and trained and trained and trained to be so good at this, mm-hmm. but they can't, they don't have, they're not interesting. The other thing about that is that usually these people who have the compelling backstories and suck, they're taken care of in the beginning of the show. And then like we get to spend more time on or later on with the good people like Joe Morofsky and Drew Dreschel and Lance Pekus and all these uh, incredible athletes. And I think that... Yeah. On some well, because it's like there are people like Lance Pegas who has a very inspiring story, mm-hmm. but is also very, very good at the thing. He, he's the one who does it in jeans. I don't get it. <laughs> and a cowboy hat. <laughs> How long does that hat last, though? Like, uh, the he, whole... he does the, the the qualifying course like almost the entire thing. Wow. And he does it in like 14 seconds. It's he's very incredible fast. fast. <laughs> I went back and watched that qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> Should we pivot into... Um, the American Ninja Warrior family of products. I, to use a phrase. Yes. Yeah, and I, cause I, cause that, I think that, what that, is zoom, let's zoom out. Let's I, widen the scope. I think what is interesting about this is that it has created this like group of people that are reality stars, I right. guess, in this very specific sense. And it's now there is a a family of products, a la The Bachelor. <laughs> and I, th- I think what's really cool about the the group of friends that's been created is like. Uh, whenever somebody does well or whenever somebody fails, you can really tell that the community of the ninjas themselves are super supportive and yeah. super sportsmanlike, and they're not like cutthroat competitive, which is really nice to, to that watch. That is nice. It's yeah. a community of people who really cares for each other and wants them all to do well, and that's awesome. Especially for a thing that is part reality show. Yeah. Right. The fact that everyone, even though they're competing against each other, but because it's, it's like such a, they're basically competing by time trial, Right. Yeah. it doesn't feel like... Well, There's no real room for that much bad blood. It, it almost feels almost like a cooperative game in that, like, they're all trying to beat the course. Right. 
And if one of them does it, they all feel a little bit like they did it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, American Ninja Warrior now has at least one spinoff. Um, and that is a show called Team Ninja Warrior, which started on another failed network called the Esquire Network. <laughs> uh, and it has now moved over to USA. Characters welcome. Ooh. Is that USA? <laughs> yep. Characters okay, welcome, yes. Just checking. But so Team Ninja Warrior is a... Um, they set up basically two versions of the obstacle course side by side, uh, and you compete in teams of three, uh, one person from your team versus another person from their team, um, to just run through the course as fast as possible. And it's just incredible to see these guys like actually competing against each other instead of just and against the clock. And with each other, yeah. And with each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dynamics of the team are kind of crazy Do and Do they awesome get to, to pick their teams? They do they usually have like one of the superstars as the captain and the teams are you know the captain a guy and a girl okay. uh, and the girls have to go against each other which seems fair yeah <laughs> um but there's a uh, flip rodriguez is one of these guys he's like got this crazy parkour background he's just outrageously fast and i uh, found this clip from team ninja warrior where He's competing against a guy named Travis Rosen. And Travis is like two obstacles ahead of Flip. He's also very fast, though. He's also incredibly fast. And I was surprised. And he's like old. Right. For the show. Uh, 41, I think. <laughs> like like t- Taylor Hicks old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Flip Berg is like 26. Right. And yeah. But so uh, I was surprised that he yeah. had even gotten two obstacles ahead of Flip because of how fast Flip Rodriguez is. But Flip is, you know, an obstacle behind or something. And on the warped wall is able to just run through an entire obstacle and beat Travis off the warp wall. It's, I, I don't know how else to describe it to you other than to say, go and Google Travis Rosen, Flip Rodriguez, Team Ninja Warrior, and then have that in your Google history forever. I, I rewatched that clip like four times in a row after I saw him. Because you, 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 you can't really see what happens. It's so like, fast. There's no like, way he's going to beat him. It's yeah. just, it's just the, the, the speed at which he like catches up and surpasses him on the warp wall, which is probably the ultimate Ninja Warrior obstacle of being, like, of looking pretty simple. Right. But when you really think about it, you go, there's no fucking way I could do that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, imagine if you had a basketball hoop and then another half (laughs) of that to go. (laughs) 14 and and a half feet, guys. The the escalation of the the, the courses Mm -hmm. is worth examining for a moment. Okay. Because it does go from, like, something that looks really, really hard but like to a thing where when you see not someone, inhuman, not inhuman, but yeah. pretty hard, pretty hard, pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. But then by the time you get none to, of us can do it. By the time you get to stage <laughs> four, oh, no, no. By the time you get to stage four, it's, it's, it, it looks like an, an 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 impossible task. Yeah. And the fact that anyone can do it all is just astounding to me. And then you have someone like Drew Dreschel who does it like it's nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair for Drew Dreschel, it is sort of his job. Yeah. I for mean, a lot be, of them, it feels like it's their job to be now. the real life ninja. Sidebar, why do no. they call him the real life ninja? <laughs> nope. uh, can I, I know there's no jury or anything, but can I plead the fifth in this situation? I'm not, I'm not here for a fight. I'm just, I'm genuinely I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. I, it was one of my questions I needed to know the answers I to. I know. Where did the nicknames come from? I, no, oh, thank God I can answer that question. Uh, <laughs> the nicknames definitely come from on high from NBC. Oh, like okay. a guy shows up in a cowboy hat and he is called the cowboy ninja for the next five years. Like he can't get out of that. They're just not very creative, man. <laughs> nope. Um, there's one guy who used to be Captain G4 and he would show up dressed in a superhero outfit with like the G4 logo on all over him. Oh, but he's Captain NBC now. Now he's Captain NBC. Oh like, my God, really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, Jamie wow. Ryan. How, surprisingly good how at fast it. we forget with the green hair <laughs> with the green hair and does he still wear a cape uh, uh, in the run-up yeah okay um so that's but that's drew dreschel drew dreschel i don't know how he wound up with this nickname all i can come up with is that i he owns uh, one of these parkour ninja trampoline gyms. ninja gyms i'm hoping he owned the first one and that's how he got the title but that's not great either. I, I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, I don't think he's allowed to be a real ninja. He's a white dude who's two years younger than me. He's he's not a Because the two years younger than you? Maybe he's one year younger than me. Because they literally referred to him as the real life ninja. Like, it couldn't be more inappropriate. Yeah. Right. It couldn't be more specifically in defiance of anything you can see or know about this gentleman. To, to be fair, at least he doesn't show up, like, in 
all black with the swords tied to his That's back. True. We could go a lot worse on That's this. That's true. One. It could it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. My favorite nickname is there's one fellow on here who um like I guess there's a there's a, a way for people to submit their ideas mm-hmm. for like ch- obstacles. Right. And this guy got one on and then was the first one to beat it right. in this particular season. Be his own season. obstacle, yeah. Be his own obstacle. And, yeah, and the first one to beat that obstacle in the season. Yes. Right. And yeah. and, and they yeah, they called him the maker. The maker. Love it. Yep. He had a big he had a big shirt that had the words the maker written on it. And one of the hosts takes a moment to point out that he's not being blasphemous. He did make the thing. He did make that thing. <laughs> um, I liked him. Yeah, he was good. Him um, and the maker, and then also there's that one like sort of like again like Taylor Hicks oldish dude. Mm-hmm. He's actually like he's like fifty something, I think. John Stewart. No, sorry, Matthew. Matthew. He's fifty four years old. Mm-hmm. He his backstory is that he he collects <laughs> antiques. And he's he a, he's, a, out he's obsessed with works. figuring out how how things work and like taking things apart and putting them back together. And like it's like him and the maker, all the best uh, competitors in the show are like the first step of like a superhero villain's right. origin. That's right. The real life ninja is a prime example of this, I would say. Is um, real life ninja the first hero or is he the first villain? Oh, definitely a villain. Like we have a white dude who's convinced he's a ninja. That's like psychosis. <laughs> right I feel there. like this, this leads me into two discussion questions that I wanted to talk about. Um, one, yes. what... Quick question. What is the first issue where Batman fought the real life ninja? <laughs> uh, so there was a Japanese antiquities museum rolling through gotham city i believe this was like, detective comics 234 i think so yes one yes what would your ninja nickname be okay i've thought long and hard about it <laughs> originally i was hoping to do something as like a teacher ninja um there's been and, some teacher ninja and then Alyssa though. beard beat me to it and like memorably beat me to it with <laughs> this really wa- good but more importantly she has this wonderful music video with her and her students <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> yeah there's one i think ever pre-run clip package that is basically Alyssa's and it takes the form of like half clips half a music video set to Lord's green light of her and her students like running around school at night dancing yeah. and she takes off her like school matron bun and like changes into ninja clothes yeah. not not ninja ninja clothes but like, you know <laughs> r- like workout clothes right. yeah. and it's like running around at night with her students and like they're like holding on to her biceps as she lifts them up it's a it's, very weird vibe and it also was, it's, it's especially weird because it never ever happened before (laughs) it was very surreal and more importantly they dropped it on us in the finale (laughs) if at least if it had been early in the season like oh i guess that's a thing we're doing now but like they pivoted hard into this move do you think maybe they shot that early on and then like they said this is terrible we can't (laughs) we can't use this and they're like well we gotta we gotta recoup our losses somehow just just shove it in the finale that's possibly as as good a scenario as any (laughs) um so, so so teacher ninja seems to be out um and I've noticed in my five years of watching that I don't think I've ever seen any comedian ninjas. <laughs> okay. And I think I can commit hard enough to this if I can just get some white makeup and a colored wig. Clown ninja. The clown ninja. <laughs> okay. I've thought long and hard and I think this is the, the answer. Clown ninja. The clown ninja. The clown ninja of crime, as it were. So the wig would fall off almost immediately, which would leave you, you know, sweat streaking down your face. Mime ninja. Just white. Just <laughs> The crazy mime ninja. <laughs> also works. Like, so, imagine that clip package of just... <laughs> that was a visual gag that's not going to work. Good yet. audio. Good audio, Andrew. God, good mime mime. The audio was supposed to be silent. It works in the podcast format. Can I just be like anxiety ninja? <laughs> what is your... What is your what, what, how do you communicate that theme? Do you like theatrically take like a, a, a Xanax <laughs> before you do your run? Like you have a big goofy like... Pill container, <laughs> and you pull out and like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And then you do like a Popeye thing where you get all strong. I'm pretty sure that NBC would not allow that. <laughs> uh, well, NBC, maybe you should stop stigmatizing mental illness. Yeah. Maybe I could be. Nope, nothing there. <laughs> I know. I feel like Jason, like aesthetically though, does fit the ninja mold. He does. It's true. I have no hair. I'm broad shouldered. Yeah. Right. Reasonably. He's <laughs> got a train. You could be a ninja, too. I don't want to be a ninja. Please. <laughs> Let's all do it together, Jason. I've got it. I'm the reluctant ninja. <laughs> I get up there, and I'm, like, fidgeting, like, glancing around, like, oh, oh, I don't know you guys. I'm, like, shrugging, like, oh, well, here I go. Like, just yes. grimacing on every single, like, step of, like, the, the frog jump or whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, I think I, it would be worth it all just to get the video of me on the log uh-huh. rolling thing. Just <laughs> that looks so clinging, clinging for dear life. 
<laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, I like the idea of you finishing the fourth obstacle and be like, do I have to do another <laughs> one? My second thing was, yes. I have a theory mm-hmm. that you like this show because science. That's not a bad theory. So my other question is, if you could design an obstacle, mm-hmm. Ooh. what would it be? Interesting. Andrew is it a physicist. A physics teacher. Physics teacher. Yeah. Um, not a physicist. Well, you could have been. I could have been. If only <laughs> my life had gone different. You have a physics degree. That's true. I got two of them, in fact. Yes. Um, if I could design an obstacle. There's what also would a be? lot of contestants on the show who are engineers. Mm-hmm. Of some kind. That's true. Which I find interesting. I always like when they show videos of them like lifting just giant blocks of concrete or whatever. They're like, yeah. gotta work out while I'm engineering. <laughs> anyway, so, so natural. Your, your, your obstacle. Um, I actually had an idea for something recently and I can't remember what it was, but um, uh, I don't know. The, the last obstacle of the finals courses are always stupid. Um, like this year they had this weird thing that was kind of like two halves of a pull-up bar. You have um, to go a long way. Yeah, you, you, right, you have to go 35 feet just straight up, but like it was some sort of ratcheting thing and just it's yeah. impossible to look graceful doing it. Yeah. Uh, so some sort of vir- or um, vertical challenge to replace yeah. that yeah. that looks better when you do it. But I don't know what that would be. Do you have any thoughts about what you would design? I don't. No? I mean, I think the the balance ones are always really interesting because, mm-hmm. like, they're all kind of the same. And right. I feel like there's there's more that could be explored there. Interesting. I have a couple. So, first of all, <laughs> have you seen that, that scene in uh, The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps stepping on the rakes? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, game, just gamify that. And you can, have a good, a good picture of what it's going to be. Can, can you give us just any more detail? With every step you take, you get hit in the face with a rake. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to dodge the rake. No, you can't dodge them. You just have to withstand the uh, the pain of the the rake's handle hitting you right between the eyes. So are you on like any sort of balance beam or anything? Is no, there any no, you're on a totally flat plane. The, there's not even really any water around. <laughs> I have a second idea. Good, thank God. And it's an actual salmon ladder. <laughs> okay, so let's let's break down the the actual actual salmon ladder first. Uh, the salmon ladder, as best described by Stephen Amell of The Arrow, um, is <laughs> is quote unquote a pull up with a little flourish at the end. <laughs> And I know this because I've seen every episode of Arrow. I know. <laughs> um, the little flourish he's talking about is you take the pull-up bar and you launch it straight up maybe about a foot. And like you have to do this six times or Depending something. Depending on the salmon ladder. Right. Um, one of these things that's impossible. So your actual salmon, salmon ladder, is it the ladder that's made of salmon or the bar that's made of salmon? It's both. It's definitely <laughs> both, right? Hey, man. This is America. And it's American Ninja Warrior. And you can do whatever you can imagine. I'm still so, thinking about the so rakes. Just to check, you, you want to like take a bar of salmon and just make sure it locks I wanna into take, place? I want to take full like unprocessed oh, okay. salmon Fish. and just like slide like several of them over top of the bar. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty cheap, honestly. So I mean, just imagine how much more difficult it's going to be to do that whole <laughs> flourish if right. your hands are slipping on all the, the salmon scales. That's and how bad it's gonna smell. It's gonna yeah. smell terrible. That's that's a you know they they do a lot to like test your physical strength, but nothing to test your smelling <laughs> ability, your stomach strength. <laughs> so Jason, you might be onto something here. A total sensory experience. Right. Yeah. Also, the water should all be pee. <laughs> By the end of the night, what fraction of the water do you think is pee? Ooh. Oh. Maybe we should throw to our regular segment. Ask a scientist. Well, where are we going to find one? Oh, hello. <laughs> Theme music for Ask a Scientist. Science. Anyway. So, Andrew. 8%. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Good to know. Yes. But yeah, so am I right in thinking that the, the physics has a lot to do with why you like the show? Uh, no. 
No. <laughs> well, <laughs> just wrong. Okay, good. We're done. We're done. God, okay, got, we'll go now. Yeah, great teachable we, we got, moment. We right got there. it in one. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. There, there's something. There's something interesting about the physics, and like you can tell the people who are really good at it are thinking about how to best, you know, use their body in a smart physics way. Um, but more than that, I'm just like, I don't know. It, it's it's a nice aspirational thing for me. Like, I, I really just look at it and I'm like, oh, my God, that is what the human body is capable of. And it's really, I just watch it because I think it's incredible what these people can do. Well, and I also, I find it interesting that the people who do the best are not the people who are like, the most jacked mm-hmm. like like joe morofsky does not look like he should be as good at ninja warrior as he is so joe morofsky is a full-time weatherman in connecticut who this year went the farthest of anyone into the course another supervillain name joe morofsky the weatherman oh my bad the weatherman <laughs> is definitely a supervillain name so are we are we hypothesizing that american ninja warrior is just a supervillain training ground that would make as much sense than anything else you would tell me <laughs> Uh, get right so they have like their their call to action as personified by the dead children and then that they're looking for justice now something's falling apart here (laughs) (laughs) i think the people who have like lean muscle Mm -hmm. tend to do a lot better because they're not like huge right and they you know physics wise are able to control their bodies better Mm -hmm. so it's, it's not about having like a lot of muscle it's about having efficient muscles exactly and i think what's (laughs) what's cool about it is um the people who do well fall into three groups generally of gymnasts gymnasts parkour people parkour people and rock climbers and then of course also just if you're really tall that's usually an advantage (laughs) which is why i think i might do well (laughs) until a certain point go on I well, I think. Well, being, there's, well, there's that there's, one there's, where they where they release the uh, Home Alone um, tank cans that swing down at you, <laughs> and being taller really is a disadvantage That's there. That's a good point. I, but there there are some. I think there are some where being tall is a disadvantage. Okay. Like the a lot of the like arm strength ones, it helps you can go further, right? Faster, but like you have more to move. Well, that's why being tall, but not like. But yeah, you're yeah. you're right. It, it, so many of the obstacles are about moving your own weight, and yeah. basically whatever you can do to cut off weight yeah. is not. Yeah, so yeah, to people, people who are yeah parkour people, right. gymnasts and rock, rock climbers, climbers are the and now ninja warrior people because there's like a no whole like generation of kids who right. It's a whole. It's a whole. It's training it's for a this. whole industry now. Yeah. <sighs> You guys know that there's a Ninja Warrior gym here in Brooklyn, right? It's called Brooklyn Zoo. It's in Williamsburg, Bushwick. Oh, yeah, Bushwick. I did know about that. Oh, that, oh that's a, that's a Ninja Warrior gym? I didn't realize that's what gym? Brooklyn Zoo yes. was, yeah. Oh. Um, and I cannot, for the life of me, tell who their target audience is. Because every time I go online and try to look it up, there is just, like, lots of promo pictures of small, small children. And it makes me think that it's maybe not actually designed for me. What do you guys think is the target demographic of this show? Because that's, that's a question I've thought too hard about, and I'm curious about your thoughts. Hmm, well, when it first aired on G4, and I, I promised we would get into G4 this episode. You did. <laughs> this is, it, it began in the era when G4 was moving from being a network all about video games, a, a novel idea at the time, honestly, that might do better now, mm-hmm. although that's sort of dissolved and it just takes up most of YouTube at this point. Right. But it was moving from that to just more, sort of more, more gener- generic, like, I guess men's channel, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, it was all targeted towards the same demographic as the original uh, network, but with a broader spectrum of what that could be. Like Spike. Yeah, right. like Spikes. But it couldn't just be, like, sports. Mm-hmm. There had to be some aspect to it that was a little bit nerdier, for lack of a better word. Okay. And, like, a competition to send Americans to a Japanese reality show is very nerdy. That's true. <laughs> and so the show has sort of, like, you know, evolved from that into an NBC, you know, part of the NBC brand, and which makes it, the whole thing, uh, charming, charmingly awkward, mm-hmm. but also awkward in some ways that lead to, like, you know, my problem with the, the clip packages. Right. That's sort of the problem of, like, fusing the reality TV inspirational sports story structure onto what is essentially, start off as kind of a goof. Right. Not not the Japanese show, although I have a hard time reading, like, the intent of, like, you know, entertainment that's not made in america sometimes mm-hmm. so it's possible that sasuke was was intended as a goof as well <laughs> people take it pretty seriously though so right. that might be the i think this maybe this is maybe 
I'm getting out of my lane a little bit here, but there's maybe is more um, space in, you know, in, in Japanese entertainment for that tension between goofy and serious. Mm-hmm. Just in game shows, though, right. you know, like just very specifically in that. That's what I'm thinking about right now. And it's weird to see that play out on an American show. And this yeah. is in no way an answer to your question, and I realize that, and I will take my answer <laughs> off the air. It's, it's hard to it's hard to place what it is for because as we were kind of discussing, it's it's not really a game show, right. but it's not really a sport competition either. And it feels weird because like you know, there's um the have like athletes, you know, Olympic gymnasts will do this, hmm. and it'll like redeem something for them. I'm like, dude, you're an Olympic gymnast, like. You're chill. You don't need this. Yeah. But like, you, you can, you do can, they get paid to be there? That's my other question. You can, you can get drunk and hang out at Disneyland, man. <laughs> you don't got to do this. I'm sorry, Kelsey. Um, Please. American Ninja Warrior. Yes. <laughs> Greatest program. So we watched it. Uh-huh. This is the part where we talk about how we felt. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> do you want to start or should I? Well, I'll, I'll just get mine out of the way first. I like it. Mm-hmm. I... I <laughs> Don't think I'll watch a full episode again. Okay. Unless I'm like with people who are watching it like yeah. like me. Like you. It's much if, more if, fun to watch with other people. Yeah, I watched okay. them all alone, which might have been part of my Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I watched them with Stephanie. Also, so. like the the just I don't want to harp on this too much, but like the problematic aspects of a reality show go down smoother when you're with people. Yeah. Because you can all, you have sort of like a release valve to be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. Well anyway, we're back to the part I like, so whatever, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, I will definitely watch, you know, if anyone ever posts a YouTube video of like a mm. particularly good run, I'll definitely watch it because that's just, you know, right. great to watch someone be that good at something. Yeah. But I don't think it's really quite, for me, it's not a life ruiner. Kelsey? I'm ruined. Yes. And I hate you. <laughs> yes. We no. did it. I did 29 it. episodes. Someone finally ruined Kelsey's life. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I will like count down the days till next season. Like I do. And I won't like, I might not even watch next season, but because I watched this, I couldn't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. Like you gave us to watch two full episodes, one of which was the Cleveland qualifiers and one of which was the daytona finals Uh and i got very invested in the cleveland qualifiers so i had to go back and watch the cleveland finals right which meant i had to go watch the people from the cleveland finals who made it to stage one so i just watched stage one and then stage two and the finale and then i got invested in those stories so to go back and watch (laughs) the beginning of those stories i watched almost all of the this season uh-huh. Not all of it, right? But I didn't. I watched those like the arcs from those two cities. Cities, yeah. And then I went back and watched the Kansas City qualifiers. Is that Lance Pekus? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is all to say, I got very invested. I got sad when Casey cried, and she cried a lot. She cried a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. I got really invested in most of the the women mm-hmm. because. It's very nice to see women excel at a thing that the men are so used to excelling at. I also very much enjoyed that both Alyssa Beard and Flex LeBrec did better than their boyfriends, mm-hmm. <laughs> who were also ninja warriors. That was nice. And I was like, yeah, fuck you all. <laughs> um, no, that's appropriate. They are in committed loving relationships. I suppose. It's not like they were competing against each other. They seem all very supportive. Yeah, no, I just I just like that they, they, they did better than these people yeah. who... Have, rose into prominence right. in this field before them and and the women who compete are it's crazy like just primarily because they're so much shorter casey cotton is the only woman to ever finish a, a city, city finals final, course yeah. uh and she one thing she did in that course was she made a leap from a pole to another pole that was five feet away when she is five feet tall and so like other mm-hmm. people were able to just kind of reach out and grab it but she like had to leap and catch herself on this pole and it's incredible just that if like anybody that short could do it Mm -hmm. would have been incredible and i'm just always baffled by yeah and that's i think that's why it's like she's very likable um barclay stockett from this year is also like five feet tall Mm -hmm. and did very well yeah um like jesse graff is amazing Mm -hmm. But she's a very tall woman. Right. Like she's as tall as tall as like I really liked the little the little like five foot one dude that made it to stage one. Tyler Yamauchi. He was great. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, good for you, dude. I got I got very invested in the short people. 
Hmm. Because I also... Invest in short people and in women. Hmm. Seems like there might be a bit of a bias happening there. Did you, Were there any contestants with blue hair you liked, too? I don't think there were any contestants with blue hair. I don't think so, either. Um, there, I also really liked Najee. Like, Najee's I, so good. He just seemed so likable, yeah. and he was very, very good. Um, I have a question okay. about Daniel Gill. Okay. First of all, I need to know what products he uses because his hair is amazing. Daniel Gill has maybe conservatively eight feet of hair on his head. <laughs> the other thing is, like, do none of these men know that scrunchies are a thing? <laughs> I don't understand how people, like, soccer players do it too. I'm like, put your hair up, goddammit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's very much my aesthetic. Is why that is hair? he called the Kingdom Ninja? Is he a Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> uh... Daniel Gill, the Kingdom Ninja, uh, <laughs> like you do, is a worship leader by profession. What does that mean? Great. Let's talk about megachurches for a second, Jason. Oh. So I assume the kingdom is reference to God's kingdom. I sure, I sure think so. Either that or like some theme park in Virginia. I can't tell which. <laughs> this, this also brings me to. <laughs> could be either one. Could go either way. Could go either this way. This also brings me to another thing I found slightly problematic. Let's talk about the papal ninja. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but he came in second this year, so we can't say anything bad about him? I just, I don't know that Pope Francis would be super okay with him adopting the papal colors. Can, can we explain the papal ninja concept? to those who haven't seen the papal ninja in action? I, mean, it, I, I think I think people probably have a pretty good idea of what it is, but so can you describe guy, it? Sean Bryan, I think. Yeah, his that name sounds is. right. Is a works at like a, a Catholic monastery. He's I their guess. IT guy. Like yeah. not not he's he's not a monk. Oh. He's not a monk. He like lives with them, but he's like their administrative person. Right. Um and so he has adopted the moniker the Papal Ninja and wears the colors of the Vatican and the insignia of the Vatican on the course. And he gets monks to come and cheer him on and from the sideline which is weird and stuff it's weird yeah and it made me very uncomfortable because of the uh, catholic church's presence in the program yes <laughs> and like i just really don't feel like the pope would be okay with that <laughs> i mean if we're talking about problematic elements of a show called american ninja warrior yeah i'm very much not concerned with the pope or the vatican general being upset about something you're right oh so you're making me like this guy a lot more <laughs> He was very good. He, he was, he was very, very good. good. For the last two years he's been running, it's been like very middling performance. And so it was yeah. a surprise to see him do as well as he did this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I got invested. And if you make me watch like one episode next year, I will probably watch all of it. But it was very, I wouldn't. That's a, that's the plan. And you knock over the first domino and the rest But it has fall. to be after it's already over. So, here's the so I can just watch the whole thing. That's sort of a closing thought. Mm -hmm. Andrew, can I ask you uh, some questions I ask everyone about? American what Ninja they bring, Warrior? What oh. they about American Ninja Warrior? Namely, what is it? I still don't really get it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what is your... We know what my answer to this is. Mm -hmm. Andrew, what is your least favorite thing in or about the show? Uh-huh. The backstories, in particular, backstories that go on for too long with the, the immediate fail are always just... It seems like a waste of time. Um, and... Oh, no. Sorry. Strike all that. New thing that's my least favorite. Um, this year, there was a very strange trend happening where uh, runs would be digested. That's the official term that the American Ninja Warriors subreddit uses, which I am a member of. Um, digested. Digested. And that's when they go to a commercial break. They come back they're like, while you were away, this person took the course. This person took the course. And this person took the course. Um, but the, they kept doing it to very good ninjas who have been on the show for years yeah. and instead we had to watch literally ryan the first bachelor from the bachelor no no he he did run oh sorry the first no. bachelor from the bachelorette the winner of the first bachelorette that's sorry <laughs> my bad trista was the first bachelorette right his wife they're still married it's very impressive <laughs> yeah anyway um so like the fact that they were that's the other thing if you're any form of celebrity they will let you do this oh absolutely <laughs> What about some podcast hosts? Or what about a guy who guested on a podcast one time? Uh, maybe give yourself a little bit of time to build up some support. 
they started digesting runs during the the qualifiers and the finals and i was like okay well you know maybe they're just saving these people's stories for like vegas and we'll get to see more of them and then they kept doing it through vegas to the point that uh during season two or it's not season two stage two did you guys happen to notice kevin bulls or jj woods run it wasn't even in there they weren't even in there they were released exclusively on youtube and cut from the show um, wow. I forgot about J.J. Woods. J.J. Woods is awesome. The DLC of network programming. Right? Releasing the runs just on YouTube. Um, and I don't understand, like, why they did that. And these were people who, like, gave exciting runs. They, like, showed how they almost fell, but then finished with the fastest time of the night. And, yeah. like, that's that's good television. And they just Would love to see over. that. Yeah. Would yeah. love to see that. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. That's my least favorite. So I think they should save the people who are clearly there as like a celebrity for Celebrity Ninja Warrior. Which is which also is a, a thing. thing. <laughs> or they did one episode. For Red Nose Day, yeah. like you do. Dan, just on a more positive note, Andrew. Okay. What is the thing about American Ninja Warrior that brings you the most joy? Pure human achievement. Um, yeah. No, honestly, pure human achievement is is the answer. You um, You see these people like just do something that is actually impossible. <laughs> to be fair literally 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 impossible to be right. fair this is one of the only things i've ever watched that makes me want to work out right um and i never want to work out i mean <laughs> i honestly it, trying to audition for the show or like entering local ninja competitions has been on my mind for the last couple of years i started like running this summer uh kind of in an effort to get fit i <laughs> it's it would be really cool to to try this out i think that it would be a lot of fun and like I think I might kind of be a little bit good at it. and I would never be good at this. It's aspirational to, to watch. Is this your pitch for a spinoff podcast where we document in very short episodes once a week your trials and tribulations Shit, on the road to becoming an American Ninja Warrior? I'm glad you said so. <laughs> well, Andrew has to do his part Wait, first. so that podcast would be called Andrew Ninja, <laughs> Ninja Warrior, Warrior. Yeah. right? <laughs> it's not even that funny. I love it. <laughs> It's funny. It's just, funny, it's just, it's just it. your face superimposed over the logo. <laughs> Andrew Ninja Warrior. My face, but like very badly in MS Paint, like stretched out to cover the word. American. No, like, like you're bursting through it like it's like a, a tarp that you've burst your way through. Blam! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I will support you mm-hmm. in your quest to become a Ninja Warrior. I will never have the arm strength to be a Ninja Warrior. Unfortunately... Ninja Warrior classes at Brooklyn Zoo, A, are $25 each, and B, are divided into under 18 and over 18 groups. <laughs> oh, no. Which is not a promising well, sign. Well, we're going to have to do it homebrew style. Like, yes. In build, our- build your own Ninja Warrior gym in your apartment. Good That's news. It. We're all moving to New Jersey. <laughs> where we have room to make our own American Ninja Warrior stage. Sarah... Close out the lease. <laughs> can can I get each of you to do your best American Ninja Warrior, Matt Eisman? Just like American Ninja Warrior. I'm gonna for my for my audition, I've chosen the moment when Matt sees someone doing a dance. <laughs> Any dance at all, like even just a single dab. <clears throat> oh yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I, I would like to recant my answer. That is my least favorite part. It's fucking Grant McCartney's dances. We'll see you next time on American Ninja Warrior. I dig it. It's good. I dig it. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it wasn't an all yeah, but it was good. <laughs> it's close. Special thanks to Danny Avowed and the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album. It's available on Bandcamp and you should download it. Special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. And if you have a second, you should rate and review us on iTunes. Better than that. Well, nothing's better than that. But if you have a friend who is interested in one of the things we've covered on Ruin My Life, and you don't think the episode would infuriate them, <laughs> maybe you know, give it a recommendation. Again, make sure it's not going to make them mad, because I don't want this to be that podcast that people listen to and, and just scream to themselves in the subway. Yeah. So pass it along like the ring. Or just pay it forward. Pay it forward. <laughs> and on three, we'll do our famous yes. sign-off that we all know. Right. <laughs> on three and go. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays.
was okay. <laughs> Happy Carly days. Happy Ninja days. Happy Ninja days. We'll see you next time on Ruin My Life. Nice. Oh, yeah! <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. This is it, the main event, an American Ninja Warrior. 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 An American Ninja Warrior. Brock Barbaj, Mill, and Christine Leahy, I'm Matt Eisman. We'll see you next week when the rest of our field takes on stage one in their quest to become the next American Ninja Warrior.